0: It is Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce here with me as well. Well, you know, sometimes the rundown is a little bit of a challenge, Patrick, like what we're going to talk about today. I think it's pretty clear cut. We've got two main topics, Timberwolves um, now even 2-2 in their series with Memphis after a very eventful Games 3 and 4 at Target Center. And we got to talk about the Twins because, Patrick, I was ready to give up on them. Um, after 12 games. And then Byron Buxton's made me care about them again. So let's start though with the Wolves, Patrick, and just, you know, I I came to this realization um, after they won game four, after giving up that 26 point lead and then the 25 point lead in game three and losing. And, you know, it's like we sit there and watch these games and we're, you know, we observe them in a certain way and we're like, ah, uh, we we're, we're like we have the stats in front of us. We we're watching like what the runs are and you know things like that. Players play an entirely different game than what we watch. They just they they're just playing. They have no idea. I mean, they have some idea like with momentum and stuff, but they have no idea what the specifics are. They don't know that they've lost a twenty-five point lead necessarily. They don't know the history. They don't come into Game Four saying, ah, oh, all, all hope is lost. They just think, ah it's a game of runs. Let's go get them in game four. And I guess that's what happened because they, they play a different game than we watch.
1: Yeah. I've, uh, I've come to that conclusion about the last five or six years, the whole idea that, uh, there's a distraction taking place with a team. If some guy gets arrested or, you know, if it's not your quarterback or something, if there's, if they, we, we, get, we spend a lot of time worried about distractions and disturbances and these guys don't care. They don't care if one of their guys gets arrested. What the hell? Or whatever it is. Whatever the distraction is, uh, they're in it for themselves. They're in it to, to have their own careers and make as much money as they possibly can. And they will shrug off all that stuff that we think is really, uh, really important to their, their, their emotional outlook. Right?
0: Yeah. Now.
1: If there was ever a team that you thought was going to no-show, it was the Timberwolves after that ungodly fiasco last week. Worst loss I've ever seen a team have. We were a worldwide joke.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, and then now I want to know. Is John Morant getting blistered and said he can't play in the big games? And is he, uh, you know, is he an overrated phony like cat was, uh, I mean, is anybody out of him? He's, he's had a bad series, right? Yes. And last, last year, uh, they got, they won their opener and then got beat four straight in the playoffs. So is he now not a big game player? It's, uh, you know, cats, cats, Performance in game in the play a uh, playoff game and then game three a uh, game one game two. pretty unexplainable but it's you know I, I, it's also basketball and it's also life you you have good nights and bad nights right so uh, it's uh, it it was uh, I think a pr- pretty phenomenal performance that because of what our expectations were that I was wondering, my theory was, okay, uh, the crowd let them off the hook uh, when they lost game three because the crowd was just stunned. They didn't boo them off the court or right. anything, right? I thought, okay, you got a tuned up crowd that's been drinking and now it's 9-10 when you, kick, when you throw the ball up or 9-15 or whatever it is. And my, my theory was, okay, if they come out and start snaking it up, these people are gonna let them have it, but they that didn't happen because the wolves were in the lead more often than not. But what's also interesting is uh, Timberwolves fans have been very upset with the referee a couple of times, right? Yes, Memphis is now convinced they lost because of the referees on uh, in Game Four. So, right. it's uh, it is quite the. Uh, quite the emotional ride, but I, I, let me say something else that's unbelievably interesting to me. I turned on that Denver-Golden State game with about eight minutes to go yesterday. They, Denver has zero chance to win that series, right? They're down 3-0. Yes. That crowd was insane as they were going to win. The, they were nuts. The NBA, uh, we get whatever we get, whenever we get in on them around here and we write a lot you get to be nobody cares about the wolves they stink you know what makes close nba playoff games amazing there are so many moments there are so many moments and i know they can delay it forever with their timeouts and needless reviews and all that other nonsense but you know you got you're going to have, uh, there's going to be how many scoring chances?
0: 150, right? Yeah, something like that.
1: Okay. In hockey, you got eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got 10, you got 12. I know hockey crowds can get revved up, but the NBA and basketball, A, you're in this tiny enclosed arena where you can see everything that goes on. And B, it's, you know it's an emotional roller coaster because uh, there's so many opportunities to screw up or to make a great play. They're endless. So, uh, but uh, that said, uh, now Cat Charles got the last laugh in Game Three, and now Cat gets the last last laugh in Game Four, and we'll see who gets the last laugh here. But uh, uh, I, my. Your biggest problem playing Memphis now is this Bane guy making three pointers. Somebody's got to guard him because uh, Jaws they're doing a good job of staying in front of Jaw and uh, not letting him you got to make him shoot because he's not a shooter, right? Right, but this Bane is uh, uh, Bane has been uh, terrific and uh, that 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 game itself, even though you end up winning it, yeah, it shouldn't have been a one pointer, should have at the end. I mean, you once again, they uh. They made it interesting, but it's uh, it's it's fun. It's also reminding us of something we haven't known around here very often, and that's the intensity of the playoffs. Because even when Tibbs' team went, you knew they had no chance to beat Houston more than once, maybe twice outside and they beat them once. There's some anticipation here. And then you look around. Now, Gold State looks great. But Phoenix doesn't have Booker. They might no. not be. And then you got Dallas or Utah. Who cares? What if you get through this series? I mean, Golden State's really good, but in a different sort of way. Can Draymond Green really guard Cat? I don't know. I'm not getting ahead of myself here because I still like Memphis to win the series. But uh, there's some possibilities out there with this Uh with this whole playoff situation right now, that certainly didn't exist when they tipped off uh, game four.
0: Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24 7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is playday. Yeah, Devin Booker injuring his hamstring in game two totally changed. Oh landscape of the west i mean the west is as wide open now as i can remember it being and i think you're right again memphis memphis is a very good team they had 10 more wins than the wolves in the regular season they have the home court advantage again back now so they've got you know a real you know the upper hand and going up three two but you know we've seen this has been a pretty even series and you could even argue that for more stretches than not the wolves are perhaps been the better team in this series if you you know, if we're talking about you know most of Game One, not really any of Game Two, but uh, the better part of Game Three and the better part of Game Four. I mean, three out of the four games, they were probably the better team for the majority of the time. So they're going to feel relatively good about themselves. They have obviously have to feel good about what Towns did in you know Game Four, and you know, and you're right. I, I was expecting a no-show. I thought they were going to get run by 20 points. I really did. I just thought they're going to come out and it, they, they just they're not going to have they're just not going to have the energy or the juice to kind of get themselves back off the mat after what happened in game three and so that that to me was just it was impressive i mean just what cat did what the team did i don't know if it's sustainable i don't think jordan mclaughlin's gonna make all his three-pointers well, they're not gonna shoot 50 percent from three-point range every game but you know then again desmond bain's not gonna make all those threes every game too i mean there's there's some things on each side that you can't bank on for the rest of the series. So, you know, like you're saying, we, we haven't just, we haven't experienced a lot of series, not just in the NBA, but overall, with mean, the twins haven't been in a series since what, 2004 when they took game one from the Yankees. Like we just haven't really seen series around here for a long time. Maybe the wild last year going seven was an exception, but aside from that, it just hasn't really happened. We haven't really experienced the full intensity of a back and forth kind of series.
1: Yeah, the wild really don't get proper credit for their incredible mediocrity that they've had around here. They've had well, they've been here now twenty, uh, uh, well, you got to subtract one season, so ever. So is this year twenty-one? Right?
0: I think this is year twenty-one. Yes, twenty-one season
1: twenty-one. They've had one. They've gotten through the second round once. You know, yeah, the wolves who've been here thirty years and they've only gotten through the to the uh, you know through the first round to the, and to the you know then they got through the second round too but uh yeah it's uh it's something that uh you know if you look around the nba you got new this dead nba town new orleans and those people are going nuts and uh it's been a good if you're not worried about your tv ratings because of market the size of the markets it's been a really good uh, a uh, couple of weeks for the NBA since the playoffs started with you having the, the people here fired up to a degree. The people in New Orleans fired up markets to where it doesn't uh, uh, generally happen. So they've, uh, you know, I think you, you turn on the playoff games and the crowds are uh, quite uh, crazy, that's for sure. But you're right. You're right. I, I was I had zero expectations for uh, Saturday night's game. You know what else? The biggest shocker of Saturday night, though, wasn't the Wolves showing up. It was that I had a Wolves gamer in my morning paper on Sunday. Now, there wasn't a lot of us. I know that. But the fact that the Star Tribune uh, made uh, some of the press run with a game that ended at 1220. And so... They did that with a game that ended today. When you were reading the paper Sunday, it ended right. today. So I was very proud of our troops uh, who were putting out that paper because I did not expect to read uh, a couple of uh, coherent columns by Sue Ann and a great gamer by Chris Hine on a game that I basically felt like I just watched when I woke up at six thirty in the morning. Right? So
0: it was old school. Congr- it was old school. Congr-
1: like, congratulations to us. Okay.
0: So it was like anyway. the time, uh, was, it, was, it was obviously it was 2001 and I drove to Chicago with Seifert. It was the first game after nine 11 and they had, you know, they had rescheduled the game for a week later and we drove and we got back, um, you know, Seifert, Seifert didn't want to stay over, uh, Sunday, he wanted to come back. So we just, we drove back after the game Sunday and oh. I dropped him off at his house at like five in the morning but first we stopped at the gas station and picked up a newspaper from the yeah. game we just covered it was amazing
1: It is anyway uh yeah well it's uh it's I, i'm trying to figure out that we have wolves bars now we used to be able to find in st paul of the wilder and you just go to one of those st paul bars right down to yeah
0: I, said, I don't it's been so long i don't even know if
1: we have uh have uh wolves bars where they'll be watching the game Tuesday night. So
0: I bet there'll so. be some. But you know what it's a good kind of a good question. I think I think our sports editor might have brought this up today. Like there's kind of been, you know, because of the pandemic, I think there's been a handful of sports bars even that have not survived in the last yes, few years.
1: The one right off on uh, 55 right on the other side of the freeway I think went under. So which is a big one. There's one out here uh near me on 394 but uh yeah, you're right. That there have been a number of them that went under. That's for sure. So anyway, was what, what, a, what, oh, go ahead. It's uh, you know you know who else uh, made a comeback uh, on Saturday after we were all wondering about him, Finchy boy. Yeah, Finch. A very poorly coached game, and not because he didn't call timeouts, but because he came up with no way for them to get the ball to Cat. Maybe we we want to blame Cat. For not going and getting the ball, but if you don't, if you let your uh star player play a, 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 a tie breaking uh game in a playoff series and only get four shots off, a lot of that's on you. And uh, he had a terrible game, he was not ready for that game, but he bounced back and they had a game plan and they showed up, and uh, you know, and as, as you said, they got a miracle performance from McLaughlin, so uh. That yeah, was fun.
0: It was great. I like Finch too that he was not afraid to, you know, rip himself. And it's easier to rip yourself, you know, once you I think those were all post game comments where he's talking about, you know, ripping himself for not calling the timeouts, ripping himself for not playing McLaughlin earlier in the series, stuff like that. You know, and some of that's just for effect, I'm sure. But you know, he's yeah. he he is not he he is willing to criticize himself sometimes.
1: Yes, and that's uh that's a rare trait <laughs> yeah. in a lot of, uh, a lot of guys, especially at that level. So, but you're right. Uh, the, the real, uh, the real test would have been if they lose game four and him to, him to stand up and say, you know, I might've screwed up this series by not calling a timeout in game right. three. That, that's the real test to see if you put it on yourself, but, uh, he bounced back. So, uh, that, that you know, they'll, they'll, They'll have tremendous uh, TV ratings in the Twin Cities on Tuesday. I'm sure. Whether you yeah. choose, I, I'm a Charles guy. I got to go with Charles. Oh, although I forgot to turn over to see if on uh, Game uh, Three if Benzie and Jim Pete survived the evening. I was a little worried about their mental health after after that. Uh, there were no excuses to be made. That's for sure. So anyway, Not worst. I'm- uh, for a one standalone game uh boy it's right up there with humiliating defeats in the history of minnesota pro sports yeah to kick that game away twice was just unbelievable unbelievable and uh to come and then to come back hey good for them
0: game five i got no idea what to expect again i wish we could wish i could say otherwise but i mean it's you know The series has been so unpredictable, so back and forth. Go back to Memphis. Nice 6.30 start time for that Tuesday game. But, yeah, I mean, I... Mike, it could be whether
1: they decide to call three fouls on Cat in the first period or not, too. Because this time, call fouls on him. You can call fouls on the, you, you just make up your mind which guy you're going to call the fouls on that night, Jackson or him or somebody else. So, you know, if he, just because he didn't get in foul trouble, this game doesn't mean he shouldn't watch himself on uh, cause now that Memphis is whined about the officials, there's a very good chance that it'll lean in their direction on uh, you know, Tuesday night. So,
0: yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, yeah, it should be a great one though. It's, it's been a fun, it's, it's been an entertaining series. No doubt about it. Um, Speaking of entertaining series, Patrick, like I said at the jump, Twins were four and eight before Chicago came to town. Um, White Sox had been struggling in their own right, Um, you know, presumed division favorites, but they had lost a few in a row before they got here. Um, Twins sweep them four games. Now they're eight and eight, and they cap it all off with Byron Buxton hitting two home runs on Sunday, including the bottom of the tenth moonshot walk off deep to left field. Um, so now they're eight and eight. Um, you know they won a couple squeakers over the weekend. What uh, two to one in one of those games where they kind of they rallied in the eighth inning? Again, a team that's hard to figure out. Um, maybe a good. A good reminder that baseball is a long season and four and eight doesn't doom you. But after last year's start, I was getting worried that mm, you don't want to start bad again because last year's bad start kind of doomed me for good.
1: Well, after uh, Friday night's win, uh, their team batting average was uh, 201 or really. So, uh, I mean, they won that game two to one because they Somehow Ryan Jeffers managed to put a bat in a ball and hit a double, and then that inning got all chaotic. And, they, uh, they, and then the, the, the new reliever, the new closer, it only took him 34 pitches to uh, load the bases and get, get, get the uh, call on a 3-2 pitch that could have gone either way. I think luckily for the twins, Bill Welke, the veteran umpire, just wanted to get the damn game over with because he'd already been there three and a half hours. So, uh, that, that, that helped, but, uh, but then you come back and, uh, I mean, Buxton, here's the big shock about Buxton, uh, Doc Rock, Rocco let him play two games in a row. It was uh, incredible. Uh, he first came back from the, uh, from the, whatever this latest non-injury was and that DH in Kansas city. And then they couldn't let him play Friday because he had to rest after DH and then, but he got to play both games over the weekend. My thing watching Buxton and uh, they said that, you know, one of the stories I read, it was the longest a walk off home run in the stat cast era. Wow, four sixty nine—the longest walk off to win a game. I mean, it was amazing where that ball went. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, at the game, but I—we have a great picture today. You can see all the people behind the stands watching the ball sail. You know, people down there in the Champions Club seats—they got their mouths open already because the the crack of the bat must have been uh, uh, amazing. And it, you know, you don't think of him really as that strong, but that swing is. My number one reaction watching him when he actually plays is he's a phenomenal lesson on how difficult baseball is because, and how it's the only sport really that we have that you have to get better and better and better to make it to the big leagues. Right. And then once you get here, you have to keep getting better because he was helpless for about three years. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he would get these. Last night, he's yesterday. He struck out three times, right? And the uh, the ball was the first. I think Giolito. Both of those were the ball was up on him, right? Uh, and he kind of went out and tried to get it. But the you know the old Butchman would have been shot for the whole night. He would he would have went up there and uh, shot for the whole game. He would have went up there and hacked at anything. Uh, but this guy, he went down and hit. He, he went down and away and hit a home run out to right center, and then he hit this mammoth shot on really on a pitch that you got to have something special going on. It was supposedly ninety eight, right and up. Yeah, right. That's where Hendricks threw where he wanted to. Hendricks has got to be the shot. most shocked man of all time that Buxton got got his swing perfectly timed on that pitch because that's a that's a solid straight back pitch if you've ever seen one even if you're on it and uh, to uh, to hit it uh, dead central and smash it like that is, is just something that when this guy was 22 23 24 and trying to break into the big leagues even 25 uh, would have had no chance on and uh, it's 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 one of the most amazing swings I've seen in twins history to get up and get that pitch and hit it that far it's uh by the way i think we must be using the golf ball again don't you
0: uh, i don't history. know it's the home runs or, I, what's that the, the
1: runs yeah the runs are not but when you the, the ball is flying when, it, when you do uh, get it but the runs are way down cuz the hitters are way behind and the number of relief pitchers and everything but uh the runs are way behind but the uh that, that ball was that ball had a heartbeat man when he hit the, <laughs> it unbelievable
0: the the bigger yeah. upset, the bigger upset. Patrick was. It was Friday, April fifteenth that he got hurt originally, and they they came out the next day and said about a week, and I was very skeptical yep. of that with I, the timeline. He, he came back after
1: like six days. Yeah, he missed five games, and you have to be skeptical because last year, each one of his injuries lasted two or three weeks longer than it was supposed to. Right, right. Just when it's so, well, he's not a, a great healer. Now I did. We did have people on uh, on uh, Twitter last night uh, comparing him to Puck at uh, the two best players they've ever seen, and uh, for the Twins uniform of the modern generation and all that stuff. Yeah, there's one little difference. Uh, from 1985 to 1993, so nine years, no, nine, 84 to 93, Puck averaged 157 games a year. Yeah, so. You know, and this guy, this guy before he started playing this time had played 215 out of 540 or something like that. Wow. So so uh, I mean he's still gotta he still gotta go a month without having to leave the lineup before we can get crazy about him, but the talent is there. But then again, to call him the best player in the world is, uh, is ridiculous because we don't see him play enough. So we'll just have to see maybe the best talent in the world, but certainly not the best player in the world.
0: Maybe equally shocking, Patrick, Dylan Bundy. I, I was crushing them for signing Dylan Bundy, um, even if it was just a, you know, a relatively low-risk flyer on Dylan Bundy. just didn't see what he had to offer figures is one of these kind of reclamation projects. He was not good, you know, in a lot of these recent seasons, specifically last year, right? When he was, his ERA was way up there last season and, you know, just a few starts so far, so let's not get carried away, but whatever they want him to do sure seems like it's working because he's getting those, you know, five innings and just mowing them down for five and then uh, then getting out of there. And he's got three wins, three out of their eight wins this year have been Dylan Bundy, victories and the starting pitching by and large has been pretty good um i know you know they're not asking them to work super deep into games yet but man joe ryan and bailey over have been good um, especially joe ryan and you know if they're getting quality starts from dylan bundy or you know at least five good innings from dylan bundy it's you know it's it's holding together pretty well for now at least
1: yeah it is now uh I've, i watched bundy and uh i'm a, uh, one of these guys who loves
0: old timer who
1: loves to complain about hooking starters and stuff like that but you could see the logic of this guy being their five and fly guy right because that is not great stuff it's throw it over stuff right throw strikes you know try to hit decent spots but I don't think you want him to be overexposed and so you get five out of hit, innings out of him Maybe two batters into the third time around, that's enough. Uh, let let your bullpen try to do it. I think your best way to have him remain effective, and there'll be some clunkers, obviously, is to is to use him exactly like they're using him now. And don't worry if he's only throwing seventy three pitches after five innings. We all like to complain about, uh, not all of us, but a lot of us like to complain about. Wow, well, I used to throw 120 pitches, blah, blah, blah. I don't want this guy throwing that many pitches. I don't want the hitter seeing him that often because there's nothing really special about the pitches he's throwing. It's just throwing a 91 mile hour fastball, halfway decent breaking ball. But that's not, you know, that's not going to be uh, one of those guys when the other team's saying, oh, man, I'm glad we got him out of the game. Right. You know? He's not going to intimidate anybody. Let me say this about the White Sox. Okay. I said this in March, uh, late March. Seasons, unless you're the Dodgers like they are this year, or in the Yankees most years, seasons have vibes for these. The White Sox aren't a mid-market team, but they're a mid-market money machine, right? I yeah. mean, this side they've always been number two in the Chicago market. Lynn gets hurt. Uh, they, they, they. A couple other pitchers. One of that lefty they had that was good, uh, Crochet or whatever his name is. He, Tommy John. Uh, somebody another they lost another pitcher in spring training. They lost the third baseman right before the season started. Moncada. Uh, they've had uh, a couple other guys get hurt here. It's I said in spring. I said like in March uh to people if not uh publicly they got the bad vibe going they got the bad vibe going it's uh, uh you know they let redon redon go too right redon, yeah unbelievable and uh they got the bad vibe and now right now they've lost seven in a row I uh, went on a week long road trip i stumbled onto the post game show with ozzie gee and and Frank Thomas yesterday, which okay. may be, which may be the greatest one single team show in, uh, in America and Ozzie and Frank were killing up for pitching to bucks. Oh, he was, they were now Gian was saying, I know. And I know what Tony was thinking. Cause the rise is on deck. He said, but right now you, he's the best hitter when it, in the game, when he's, when he's, uh, playing, and Bob, but they were hysterical and in full panic down there in Chicago with for the Whiteys having lost seven in a row. So it's uh it's it's I you know I'm not writing them off, but uh we were all talking about this being improved division. Uh 85 might win it. Yeah you know? 85 might win it this year. So because there's a lot of there's a lot of mediocrity in it. Yes. But uh, we got that terrible, we don't have the terrible team that's going to win 63, you know, like the central usually yeah. does going
0: to be a bunch but, of 72s and 73s yeah, though, aren't there?
1: Or at least, you know, they get to play each other. Now, this is the last year they're going to be playing each other 19 times. Uh, so there's going to be a, uh, you know, next year they're going to a more balanced schedule with a lot more national league games. So this is your last year to pick on each other and beat up the bad team in the division. So it's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be a division where an 85 win team wins it every year the way uh, it could be. But uh, right now, yeah, it's a, it's a mud wrestling content competition with the white Sox having fallen back down to the rest of the pack.
0: Yeah. Makes it interesting. I mean, again, in baseball, just like, you know, just like the wolves, the narrative, Changed completely on the twins in the last few days. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody was seriously saying seasons over when they were four and eight, but you weren't feeling good about it. And same with the wolves, you were saying, well, this is not going to be, you know, you lose game three. How, how are they going to make a a series out of this? And then next thing you know, the twins are back to 500 and the wolves are back to 500 in the series. So, I don't know. We don't know what to expect. That's what makes it fun. Quickly, uh, wild, one again.
1: One more thing. Yeah. He had to take Ryan Jeffers. What is he? Six foot three, 220, this kid. Yeah. A catcher. He had a knee contusion. A catcher having a knee contusion. How many catchers? There's never a catcher who comes out of a game without a knee contusion when they're falling balls off of left and right. They're catchers. You don't have to scratch him before the game because of a knee contusion. It's a little, he's got a bruise on his knee. You think, uh, you know, God almighty, Doc Rock drives me nuts. You know, I, I don't know. When Sanchez comes you and says he can't play, that's one thing. When you go to the catcher and beg him not to play because he's got a bruise on his knee, a, that's a different thing. So, there
0: you anyway. go. <laughs> it's, it's your uh it be your your 2022 crusade but i love mm-hmm. it um wild one again they beat uh, nashville they're that That st louis man
1: that's a great win because uh nashville had it needed it they're still trying to you know get in the playoffs yeah. and they needed that one they're playing them at home the wild had every reason to be complacent because they went one how many games in a row now without a loss? Is it 10 well, or
0: something? at least 10 because they're 8-0-2 in their last 10. So yeah. eight wins, yeah. two overtime losses in that stretch. Overtime okay. shootout.
1: Arning on Twitter that they're the first team in the NHL era of, of ties being a point that, uh, that to have three 10-game streaks where they got a point in each game.
0: No, or I didn't hear that, but that makes sense. Um,
1: some stat like that. So, yeah, I mean, the, the standings are all different because, you know, ties aren't losses, but, uh, or ties aren't ties They're, You know, you can get, you can get those wins. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're good. There's no doubt about it there. Uh, but here's the deal. First round playoff series, it, no matter who gets home, home ice, it doesn't really make any difference anymore in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. Them in St. Louis, the Wild will be favored by uh, if the if the betting lines on, on the series, uh, the Wild will be like one ten to make a hundred. There'll be a there'll be a very slight favorite to win the playoff series with St. Louis, and uh, you know so it's it's going to be a coin flip, uh, no matter how these two teams end up finishing. But the Wild. This, they don't have much lead. They got three left. Three they left, play. yeah. To win them all, right? I mean, they don't play anybody at all left. There's nobody left really. I mean, uh, the last game of the year is Colorado here, but Colorado's not going to bring their team,
0: right? No, Colorado- they, got, they got to play Calgary before that. Calgary's a yeah. division leader, but they and that one's kind of that one's wrapped up too. So they've got nothing to play for either.
1: Yeah, I guess Cal- Calgary could maybe give them a yeah Calgary's seed. Are they trying to? catch anybody points no
0: i mean they're they're 10 clear of the oilers but they're eight behind mm-hmm. colorado so yeah. i don't think yeah. they got much to i don't think there's much for them to play yeah. for either necessarily mm-hmm. so i mean it'll
1: be a, it could be a very long spring and if it turns into a short spring the wild fans are not going to be happy but no the wild fans are always happy that's the one thing about them they're they uh, they are ho- they are not held to a real high standard around here. If they're competitive, we get very excited. So,
0: well, they better do it this year because the uh, Suter and Parisi bills come due next year and beyond. So, uh, this is a good year to make a playoff run and get to build up bank up some equity with uh, with your fan base because I got some hard decisions to make next year. So they haven't paid Fiallo, right? Right.
1: Yeah. He, he
0: picked a good year to be
1: get 90 points or whatever it is. He's, yeah, he's been, been good. He's been great the second half. Yeah. Well. We just got to hope that, uh, the NHL doesn't follow Wimbledon and, uh, and say you can't play Russians. So that wouldn't be, <laughs> that wouldn't be good for our boys. So
0: that would be tough. Yeah. That would, uh, <laughs> that would put a dent in the, uh, in the lineup here for sure. Cause he's been, uh, caprisoff we've talked about him plenty over the last you know two three months but man he is something special I mean the stars came out to play Buxton towns caprisoff uh, it was their weekend and it's uh you know it's it's a fun uh, it's a fun time to be uh, watching sports here because we don't always get uh, treated to these uh, to these runs here in this town it's uh sometimes it's just uh, sometimes it's just a lot more gloom and doom and this one's been a little bit of a mixture and that makes it uh, that makes it pretty fun.
1: Yes sir. Yes sir, I've always said either give me dramatic victory or excruciating defeat. I don't like anything in between. That's uh you know, as a neutral sports writer, I'll go with either. I don't I don't I don't, I don't really care, but uh but uh it's we, we then the uh the Wolves gave us both in a uh, yes. two-day period. So congratulations to them.
0: If you root for the story, the Wolves are Uh, they are, they're doing their job right now. Well, Patrick, good stuff. We'll talk to you again next week. All right.
1: All right, Michael. Thank you.